Great to see you with your mask on. Hi, Pierre. Pierre and Nicole is here. Nicole Richard is your brand new children's pastor. Everybody wave at Nicole. There she is. She starts tomorrow morning, and uh, we're excited about that. And uh, this is just this is just crazy for me to be here uh, today. It's felt like uh, like a child at Christmas time this past week, and uh, so much looking forward to being here. If you're new to Crosspoint, never met me before. My name is Tim Guptel, and I served here about 100 years ago, back in uh, from 2007 to 2012, and uh, those were, uh, Gayla and I would both say, those were our, probably our, our most favorite, most loved, best ministry years, the time that we were here uh, with you in Marysville. We loved living in Marysville. We loved Fredericton. We still love Fredericton. We love this church dearly. It just felt good to be able to walk back in here uh, this morning and, and be doing church together. It just feels good, and I just can't believe that I'm standing here. So my heart is really expectant and full of dreams uh, of, what, uh, of what God is going to do. It's an exciting time. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to get you fired up this morning there, buddy. And uh, Gayla was here in the first service. Uh, she'll come as often as she can. We own a family business on Grandma and Ann. Uh, it's called Newton's Mercantile and Cafe. It's named after the old building that we renovated. Um, our kids work with us. Autumn is our youngest daughter, and she's, she's home for the summer going into her fourth year of nursing at Indiana Wesleyan University, which uh, for many of you would be hard to believe because she was a, a, a tyke when she was here last. Uh, but she's going into her last year of nursing. Hope and her husband, Adam, her husband, Adam DeMerchant, is a pastor on staff at the Lighthouse Church. He's pastor of kids and youth, and they're expecting their first child. And uh, yeah, so she's due, she's due in November. And we have the, the big gender reveal party is tomorrow night. Um, back in our day, you just called people and said, yeah, it's a boy. But not now. You've got to have this big party and uh, all that. It's all good. So we're doing that uh, at home tomorrow night. So this is week one of our brand new summer series called Identity Theft. And identity theft is when someone hacks into or steals your personal information, they pretend to be you, um, and they pretty much ruin your life. They take everything. They take over uh, your finances and everything just as if they were, they were you. Now, I, got, I have a new iPad here today, and, um, and it's looking at me all the time. It's got a camera in it. It's, it's looking at my face all the time. It has this facial recognition technology and the way that that I open it is with my face, and I unlock it with my face, and all that. You know, that's how that's how it works. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. And so, if you wanted to, it's creepy too. Actually, it's that it's looking at me all the time. So, if you want to hack into my iPad, you either have to look like me, which would be very unfortunate, or you you you've got to drag my face in front of the machine and stick it there, hold it there, and it'll say, "Oh yeah, that's that's Tim. Let's let's open up." Um, so. About nine years ago, I was leaving Cross Point to go to another church, and I had my identity stolen. Not by hackers, not by credit card fraud, but by something far more sinister. 
And I was becoming um, someone who I, I didn't recognize. I wasn't myself. And, uh, and I wasn't who I wanted to be. And something was very wrong. And something was draining me, draining me dry of everything that I had. And uh, that, not, that might not be true for everyone in the room today. We won't generalize and say that, you know, everybody feels that way. But that was, that was my reality then. And, and it could be that, that you're here today and you're, you're, you're like that. You're trying to find yourself. You're wondering, who am I and why am I and where am I and all of that. And so I was in a place very much where I was searching for meaning and purpose and trying to find myself. And if we read this book, which we will a lot, this is our book, right? If we read this book, it speaks so often to the issue of identity. Um, scripture spells out for us who we can be, who we should be, what life is like when we're filled with the Spirit and we're walking with, with Jesus. It's not, you know, knowing who you are in Christ and and. And, and living life with purpose, that's not, that's not fantasy. That's not um, just make-believe or, or some spiritual echelon that only, you know, a few of the really, really super mega spiritual ninjas achieve that level. And, and you know, it, it can be true for you. It should be normal for you to know who you are and why you are and where you're going with your life. That should be normal for you to know who you are and why you are, and where you are going with your life. If you exist, and we do, you're here. If you exist, you exist with the potential to know and worship and glorify God with your life. And knowing who you are in Christ doesn't mean that, that God's going to call you to parachute into the Amazon with a backpack of Bibles, but you can get your your identity, your God-given identity back, and you can live every day with a sense of purpose and fulfillment. So, now what I've done so far in this message is just drop breadcrumbs. I've just left a trail, and we're gonna circle back here and, uh, and pick those up and, and bring it all together. One more quick disclaimer. Sometimes in this series, like today, we will look at specific people and their defining moments when they got their identity back and they went on to serve God with the rest of their lives. Sometimes it'll be like a, a really specific moment or event when they, they, they had their, their moment with God, their defining moment, they got their identity back and then they went on to serve God with the rest of their lives. Some of the mornings, will, some of our sermons in the series will be like that. Moses got a talking, burning bush. Now, God might call you to talk to a bush, but, but usually not. He's probably not going to call you to talk to a, to a bush. Don't feel that in this series, don't feel like, well, well, where's my spectacular, ridiculous, you know, miraculous, crazy, over the top? Is it that dry? Thank you. Appreciate that. Where is my uh, ridiculous, miraculous encounter so that I will know my identity in Jesus? Because, because God doesn't always speak that way. Sometimes he just speaks in a whisper. Sometimes God will speak to you through the voice of a trusted friend. 
sometimes um, it can be very unremarkable, uh, but you know that it's, that it's real. And the principles from Moses and the burning bush are, are the same today, that God has not forgotten you, that your life matters, you, you count, you have meaning and purpose, that God is faithful, that God knows you, God wants you, you are not a mistake. So the principles are the same. Moses was running and hiding from God, and not every, that's not true for everyone in the room. Like, not everybody here this morning is running or hiding from God. Some people are just drifting. Some people just drift through life. Uh, some people are sleeping. Uh, some people are just doing life the best that they can. But Moses was a fugitive with a serious identity crisis, and God met him in the wilderness. Now, if you don't know the story of Moses, it's, that's, it's okay, but it's, it, it's epic. It's, it's a huge, massive story. It covers a ton of scripture, and we're just going to get like one selfie of his life today. And the short version is that Moses was a Hebrew child. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace as an Egyptian, but, but always knowing something's just not, something's just not right. He was an Egyptian. And his people, like, like his people were, were the Israelites. They were being held as slaves by Pharaoh. And the injustice of it all is burning like a fire in Moses' spirit until he can't take it anymore, and he kills an Egyptian. He flees Egypt. He settles in a, an area called Midian. Midian. He marries a preacher's kid, a daughter of a priest, and he becomes a full-time shepherd. So that's the, you know, the big picture of Moses' life. Now, life happens. Is that not true? Like, life just happens. Moses didn't grow up dreaming about becoming a shepherd in Midian. Now, no offense to shepherds. If there's a shepherd here this morning, no offense uh, to, to shepherds. But that... That wasn't his dream. In, in Pharaoh's palace, Moses wasn't dreaming. Well, oh boy, I hope someday I get really lost, you know, out in the desert with a bunch of smelly sheep like that. But life happens, doesn't it? And the stuff of life can leave you in a place where you aren't sure who you are or why you are. And in this case, in Moses' case, it was God who made the first move. God just shows up, boom. God doesn't wait for Moses to wake up and smell the sheep. And, and we'll see both things in, in this series. We'll see sometimes where God just shows up, bam, like we're having a talk. Like it's gonna happen, it's going down now. And we'll also see in this series times where, where we approach God. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see both of that. But God doesn't wait for Moses to wake up and smell the sheep. Um, sometimes it's like God knocking Paul off his horse on the road to Damascus. Like it's, it's, it's just uh, spectacular, but it's not the same for everyone. I want you to get that, that not everybody hears from God the same way. So Moses and his flock are grazing near, you've probably heard of this place, Mount Sinai. When God speaks to him from a bush that is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And, there, and there's something special about that, that God is in the bush, there's fire in the bush, but the bush itself is not being 
consume. You see, God is inviting Moses to stand, come and stand in the presence of the one who made all things and is over all things and controls all things, even the very nature of the universe. God, only God who made the bush and made the fire can put those two things together and just say, okay, fire, this time, this time do something totally different. Like just don't burn up the bush, okay, fire? And God has the power to do that. God and Moses are about to talk about identity. But before they can discuss the identity of Moses, they need to affirm and agree on the identity of God. You see, the, 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 there's, there's glory and, and wonder and worship and majesty in the bush because the bush is on fire, but it does not burn. And God is showing to Moses, I am the Lord over everything. I am God over all. I, I want you to, to know who I am. Before we have the, the chat about who you are, I want you, uh, let's have the chat about who I am. Amen. Get your theology right. Get, get, know who God is. And that's key. Like if you're here this morning, you're thinking, man, I need this identity stuff. Like I, I need to know who I am and why I am and where I am. You need to know who God is. Amen. You need to come to that, that, that place of worship, being drawn near to the presence of God, the God who can set a bush on fire and it's not consumed. Like, what kind of God is this? He's worthy of our worship and our praise. So this is where, you know, the, starting to get your identity back starts with uh, uh, knowing who God is. Go on a deep dive to discover who God is. What is he like? What is his nature? What, is his, what are his promises? Can we trust him? Is he faithful? Have we proven him to be, to be true? Like, what is God really like? We can't stand to see the full glory of God. So it's a bush, it's on fire. But, it, but it's, it's, it's a personal experience. Moses is having his personal experience with God. There is proximity and talking and invitation and wonder all at once. God needed Moses to know who God was before Moses could accept who Moses was. Amen. You see, before God sends Moses out, he draws him near. Like God's getting ready to send Moses to do some really, really, you know, remarkable, stupendous stuff. But before he sends him out, he draws him near. Come closer. Come closer to who I am. Come and let's have a moment of worship together, this, this proximity, this relationship. So if you're searching or wrestling with identity or just feeling like you're drifting through life without purpose, maybe you just need to come back to Jesus Amen. and sit at his feet and listen to his voice let the fire of his presence burn in your heart. Well, let's read a few verses. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read two verses from Exodus 3 and then uh, two or three from Exodus 4. Chapter 3, verse 10, where God says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh 
Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now, remember, God is giving Moses his identity back. Moses is a fugitive. He's out in the desert. He's stepping in sheep. And and God is giving him this, this, this moment of, Moses, this is who you are. This is your moment. This is what you were made for. This is what you were created for. And Moses does not like it. He's like resisting uh, God's, God's call, God's voice, God's direction in his life. Now, Fleetwood Mac said we could go our own way. You can go your own way. But nothing good happens when we go our own way. Nothing good happens when I go my own way. Now, you, you're hearing this this morning. You can agree. You can nod. It's hard to read with the mask on your face. I can't tell if you're awake or not. But, but, but you know, all of this. And then you can still leave here this morning and say, I'm going my own way. I heard it. I believe it. It, you know, stirred me for a moment. Or, you know, maybe it might have been something there and all that. But, but you can still choose to leave here this morning. So whoop, I'm going I'm to go my own way. And so Moses and God are, are, are having this out in a moment of worship with his sandals off and the very real presence of God in the room. God is giving Moses his identity back and Moses is stacking bricks like, no, not today. I don't think so. No, 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 no. Sometimes we aren't who we were made to be because we're afraid of who we might become. Like, what if I surrender to God today? Ooh. <laughs> like, what happens then? Like, what is he going to do? What, what, what will I become? What will God do in my life? And, 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 and so we wrestle with the fear of that. We think, I don't know. Like, the sheep aren't that bad. Like, I don't know, God. Like, you know, like, I, woo, why? Really? And, and we're, we're not who we're made to be because we're afraid of who we might be. I've had people want to talk to me about this, you know. Uh, where's my life going? And, and, and what is God saying? And what should I be doing? And, and uh, if I know them enough, I'll be able to respond with, well, what about this? And like, no. Well, well what, what if you didn't know? Well, what, what no. <laughs> okay, then. Well, you, you know, you're, 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 you're just going to have to be out in the desert, you know, and, and uh, stepping in sheep. I, I don't know what else to say. Or slave to Pharaoh. Uh, we'll probably do Joseph next week. Um, maybe when life strips you of your identity, maybe it's just it's just easier to sit in the pit, right? And, and be a pit sitter, right? And, and and just you know, it's not so bad. I mean, it's a pit, but you know, I, I'll make it homey and maybe you know doodle some drawings on the wall and maybe, you know, make a little, you know, it's, it's not a bad pit. It's a pit, but, you know, I'd rather be here than, than out there. And, and people do that all the time. They have these, these moments of worship in the face of God and God calling them and saying, this is who I made you to be. And people are like, oh, the pit's not that bad, God. The desert's not, I don't, you know, the sheep aren't that bad. My story is part health and part pit. 
The summer between when I was leaving Cross Point to go to Moncton Wesleyan, I started having panic attacks. And at the time, we didn't know what it was. We, we thought it was allergies. We didn't, we didn't know what it was. Four years after that, I was completely knocked down with anxiety. I was on a, a medical leave of absence from my job. At the same time, I was in a work-related pit. I felt like the people who should be or could be helping me out of the pit were burying me alive in the pit. Uh, my father had passed away, and about a year and a half later, my 52-year-old brother had passed away. And I remember, um, I remember the first time that I was going to leave the house and go outside in public, which was a very big deal. And a friend was coming to get me, and he was going to take me to a coffee shop where I knew I would see people from the church. I'd have to face them. They're going to say, oh, pastor, how are you? And we went out to get in the car, and someone, the night before, someone had stolen two tires off of the car. I was like, just great. I'm going back in my pit. I'm going to be a pit sitter. The pit's not that bad. And I was just like, you know, this is nuts. Like, this is crazy. Like, what in the world is going on with my life? My identity had been stolen by health and people. I wasn't who I was. I wasn't who I was supposed to be. I wasn't who I was called to be. And for a long time, I just wanted to be done. Just, I just want to be done. Done with this, done with that, done with ministry, done with church, done, 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 done. done. I just want to be done. I will go um, step in sheep. I'll, I'll do something else. And, um, and, and, and again, like I'm not projecting onto you, like that wouldn't, might not be true for everybody in the room. Um, I just want you to know that, that what I'm talking about, I've, I've experienced it. And I think that helps when you know, okay, he, he's been there. He knows what he's talking about. And a few weeks before Easter this year, um, my bones started to rattle. If you know that, that text of scripture, the bones, God bringing me back to life. It was, it was like a resurrection. It was like a reawakening. And, um, and God spoke to me, not from a, not from a bush, probably from a beach on Graham and Ann. And he gave me my identity back. And so I'm here. Amen. Most of Exodus chapter three is Moses arguing with God. Um, chapter four starts with God giving Moses miraculous signs. And God, again, God probably won't give you a stick that turns into a snake, but he might give you a sunset. He might give you the smile of a child or a message from a friend. He might give you a sermon from a grim and anner. Yes, like if God can speak to you from a grim and anner. Exodus chapter four. If you're from Graham and Ann, you're allowed to joke about Graham and Ann. Right, so I can tease a little bit. Uh, Exodus 4, verse 10. Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. 
And even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, my words get tangled. And then the Lord asked Moses, see, this comes back, brings us back to this, who is God anyhow? Like, what do we know to be true about God? The Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I? Moses, isn't it me, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Wow. God was inviting Moses to step into his identity. His life started as a basket case. And God put him in a desert. And in the moment, in Moses' moment of opportunity, which could be true for people in this room right now or folks who are watching online, in Moses' moment of of opportunity, he was seized by fear and insecurity. God, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. Like, seized by fear and insecurity. And every time that Moses had a fear, I love this, every time Moses had a fear, God had an answer. Right? Every time... Moses is like, but, 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 and every time, you know, I mean, if I was God, you know, I probably would have just nuked him right there, you know, like, like, (laughs) there's another Moses, or, you know, but every time he had a fear, God had an answer, and verse 12, gang, is where we're focusing here as we land the plane, verse 12, where God says to Moses, I will be with you and I will instruct you. I will give you what you need when you need it, and I will put words in your mouth and miracles in your hand. Moses, you can do this because I am the Lord your God, and I will be with you, and I will, I will equip you. And if your heart is stirring with fear or with insecurity this morning, all you need All you need to step into your God-given identity is God's presence and God's guidance. I will be with you and I will instruct you. You need God's presence, that's the bush. You need God's guidance, that's, those are his words. I will be with you and I will instruct you. I will guide you. Man, start there. If you had Earlier in life, if you had palace dreams and and life just kept hitting you and you find yourself stepping in sheep, start with the presence of God. Who is he? Come closer. Draw near to, to, to the fire of God. Start there. Start with that. Who is God? What is he like? What do I know to be true about him? His love for me. If your identity has been stolen uh, Moses was, his, lost his identity because of his own decisions. Next week is probably Joseph, who, whose identity was stolen by the decisions of others. Either way, life, either way, life happens, right? Start with the presence of God and the guidance of God. If you feel stuck in a moment or a season or a job or a pandemic, 
and you're ready for your exodus, start with the presence of God and the guidance of God. Pharaohs are no match for the presence of God. Man, I will be with you and I will instruct you. You walk right into that palace. Moses, I'm going to be with you. You're unstoppable. You can do anything. Pharaohs are no match for the presence of God. Well, what if I come up against a sea, like something impossible, and there's no bridge and there's no boat? Moses, it's okay. I'm going to be with you. I will guide you and I will instruct you. Famine, plagues, all these things, they're no match for the presence of God. And God's promise to Moses is his promise to you right here this morning, right now. It's the same promise. I will be with you and I will guide you. Gang, man, that's all I need. Like if you tell me, Pastor Tim, God is going to be with you and God will guide you, that's, that's all I need. That's good enough. That's all I need. One night, uh, over here on Crockett Street, I was awakened by a voice. I heard my name being called by a very real voice. And my wife was asleep, and it was a man's voice, so it wasn't her. And I kept hearing my name being called, Tim. Tim, just like that. And so I, I sat up to make sure, that, am, I, am I really awake? Like, like really, really awake? And I sat up. And the voice spoke to me and said these words. I'll never forget it. Go to Moncton. It's all right. I will be with you. And then it hung up. That was it. Go to Moncton. It's all right. I will be with you. And I can't tell you how many times that I've played that promise over and over in my heart, in my mind. God, you're with me. You told me. I heard it. It was clear, undeniable. And so I, I know this to be true this morning, that if you, if you press in to the presence of God and if you trust the promises of God, he will be faithful. Amen. Press in to the presence of God and trust the promises of God, and he will be faithful. Let's pray together. God, you are our God. There is no one else that ever could have put this moment together. Like I just stand back from this moment and take my hands off it and just, and just say, it, it, it is you. It is your fire. This is your place in your moment, and, and you're the one who orchestrated all of this. Nothing here this morning is coincidence. And, uh, and so, Lord, we know, we, we just know that your spirit is here, that you're working, that there are people uh, here this morning who, who needed to hear this word. And in their moment of, of surrender, where it's fear, and it could be a lot of other things, and they have to choose, like, do I go my own way, or do I, do I trust the Lord with my life? Maybe someone's here, and, and their identity has been lost, stolen, they just, they just don't know. They've been drifting. Um, Lord, I pray that, that they would hear your voice, just speaking words of of peace and love over them. They, you've not forgotten them. You're here right now speaking to them. They are your child. They, they exist for a reason, for a purpose. And um, 
Their life matters. And uh, so God be with us. Uh, we're not done. We're going to worship here in another song. And just be with us as we, as we choose to, um, to let you in and give you full control of every area of our lives. May you be Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.